Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Badlands with your host, me, Badman Randy. Uh, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but I'm back now. I'll probably do a once a week podcast. And if you are a comedian or just anyone who knows me or digs this podcast, let me know. And I would love to have you on it. Uh, Without the way, I digress and let's begin. In today's age, we have a very live fast, die hard mentality spread amongst the young populace. A love for opulence and a contempt for the meager and the meek. In Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he talks about this very issue. You feel bad for not fucking better, looking hotter, and having more money than the chad standing next to you. And that makes you feel justifiably inadequate, and justifiably it makes you feel unworthy. This book holds a special place in my heart for multiple reasons. The first is it changed my life. And it gave me a fresh perspective on motivation, success, and selfishness. But before I go into that, I'm going to give you a quick um, background of this book and what it means to me in my particular situation. Uh, the year was 2000, I think, 18. I was fucking, what, 19 or 20 at that time. I don't fucking know what age I was. Uh, but i graduated high school and i started working security with a company called airborne and they were not great um i worked at a lumber yard doing fire watch in case any fires happened in the middle of summer and i had a 1998 honda accord with no air conditioning and when you're working in the middle of summer on a on a lumber yard it gets quite hot 108 degrees that same day I accidentally got scheduled by the dispatchers for a double shift, about 16 hours. And um, I was going through some stuff at home and that for me was a breaking point. I decided at that point when I I peaked out at almost 600 pounds, pulling security, no uh, prospects or opportunities um, in my sight in life. I decided to, to say, you know what, fuck it, when I get home, um, I'm ending it. I'm ending it. There's nothing else for me. I'm done. I'm out. See you later and see you soon. God. <laughs> um, and what happened was, is I was watching as most young men do the Joe Rogan experience. And I think I saw an ad for the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And I, you know, by the grace of God had one audible, uh, free listen token left. And I got the book and it's one of the only books I've ever listened to or ever consumed. I don't really have attention for books very well. And that and Can't Hurt My by David Goggins are the only two books I've listened to fully on my Audible. Um, but that's beside the point. I listened to it and it it helped me say, fuck it, you know, fuck it. Uh, I was always afraid to exercise because I thought people would look at me and make fun of me. And the book made me say, fuck it. I can't recommend it enough. I can't recommend that. And I can't recommend Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins enough. Anyways, uh, I'm going to go back to the, uh, the essay, I guess we'll call it. In Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, he talks about this very issue of the live fast, die hard, fucking better shit. Oh, I already went through that part. His book holds a special... I already went through that part too. Of fuck me! I had this mentality of all my successful friends being happy when I was big. 
I have one in particular who was my sage, my voice of reason, and when I was almost 600 pounds and covered in Cheeto dust and Taco Bell drippings, uh, he was my, uh, he was my sage, blah, 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 blah. sucky, sucky, fucking long time. Uh, this friend turns out to be almost, if not more, depressed, pessimistic, and jaded than I was at that time, and now it appears parent, apparent, but with my blinders of blubber covering the sides of my face, it made it almost impossible to see anyone else's pain other than my own. In a sense, I was being selfish to think the entire world was out to get me and bring me down when, at the time, we all had our issues, we all had our insecurities, we all had our doubts and faults and faculties. I don't know if I'm using that last word correctly, so I guess you could say some of us had lack of confidence. <laughs> That's so stupid. Uh, my issues just seem to be a bit more physical and visible. The second reason I love this book is it made me realize I have an unquenchable thirst for recognition, acknowledgement, and praise. What do I mean by that? Well, um, throughout losing the weight, I used people's um, praise and, oh, you're doing so well. Oh, my God. Keep going. Um I use that as a crutch to continue my weight loss. That's part of the reason when I was at Job Corps, I ended up posting a lot of selfies of myself working out because I would get likes and I would, I would you get praise and that would motivate me to keep going. I did not motivate myself, which is why in COVID hit really hard. I had a hard time keeping up because I, I couldn't get that, that juice, that dopamine from the likes on Instagram. Um... I even think Kanye West talks about it in a song. He's like, I, I shortcut my ego to Instagram or something. And and it sounds silly, but goddamn is that true. Because when, when you get a bunch of likes, boy, your dopamine receptors fire off like nothing else. And you feel like you just mainline heroin to the tip of your dick. But when you don't get any likes, you don't feel that good. At least for me, and I would definitely imagine that applies to most people. Um, but yeah, I reached out to Mark Manson, the New York Times bestselling author, uh, not to seek advice or seek guidance as many people who reach out to him do, but to let him know that his, again, <laughs> New York Times bestselling book helped me. He emailed me back with simply glad I could help comma happy to hear. Think about how insane that is. Think about how much of a sweetheart this man must have been to hear praise about his book from a rando and reply. I'm not saying you shouldn't have or anything like that, but it's more so an issue of me feeling justified in reaching out and expecting a response from this man. It's quite ludicrous. I reached out with the assumption that he would message me back and say, uh, good job, comma, happy to hear. I expected that when I totally shouldn't have expected it. It's actually... Um, quite preposterous that he messaged me back with, you know, being the fucking literary superstar and motivation that he is. Uh, and I don't mean to continue to suck this man's dick. I'm just saying it's really insane if you think about it. And it's especially unhealthy with the mindset I had when I wrote that email those years ago, um, looking for praise and recognition. I frankly should have taken the awesome results of this motivational literary paradox, which it was. It went against all the basic foundations that people like Tony Robbins, Joel Osteen, and Les Brown teach you. Now, personally, I'm a big fan of Les Brown. At the same time, 
I think a lot of modern day motivational speakers, um, especially religious evangelicals, I don't know if that's how you say it, um, they take advantage of people's insecurities and doubts and depressions. I think there's some motivational speakers who can really help people and do it in a very uh, classy and and um, good way. Just a very beneficial. They do it with finesse. I'll put it like that. They do it in a way that makes them look good and it helps the person in front of them. But I also think there's motivational speakers who do nothing but give the person who is looking or, or seeking advice, they give them cannon fodder. They give them empty emotional uh, mental calories. It's like eating junk food. Yeah, it tastes good and feels good, but it's not good for you. You know, I think t- that's what mostly Tony Robbins and Joel Osteen do. Definitely Joel Osteen, that motherfucker. I really do not care for him at all. I think they do a lot of things to make themselves look as good as possible without giving true and meaningful advice and suggestions and words of wisdom to the people who need it the most. I think Tony Robbins in particular um, has an issue. Like he fucking, he has people walk on coals and shit to prove that they're brave, which I think is absolutely horrendous because bravery is not the absence of fear. Bravery is recognizing, acknowledging, and being mindful of your fear, but putting your goals and aspirations above your fear and conquering it. That's something that a lot of people in my from from my point of view don't seem to understand that it's okay to be afraid it's entirely okay to be afraid it's not okay to let your fear control you that's the biggest thing uh i think it's it's okay to acknowledge negative feelings in general i just got a job with uber and for the longest time i said oh i love it it's awesome it's great yada 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 no it, frankly, I don't care for it. I'm not a very clerical person, and that's what mostly the job consists of. I don't like the job. I don't care for it. But while recognizing I don't care for it, I'm also mindful I'm mindful enough to know that I have to eat shit to shine. That's a quote that I made up. Yeah, that's right. That's trademarked. I'm joking. Um, but you have to eat shit to shine. You have to go through the jobs that you don't care for in, a, in, a, in order to get the jobs and the qualifications for the positions that you do want and you will find meaningful. That's just how it works and that's just how it is. And I'm coming to realize that. But by saying I like it, I'm just being deceitful to the people around me. And I'm being deceitful and I'm lying to myself. And that's not fair to myself. And that's not fair to the people I care about. Anyways, I digress. With the third reason I love this book. It showed me a poet by the name of Charles Bukowski. I'm not a connoisseur of poetry, no matter how hard I pretend to be. Uh, So I can't give you the entire history or discography of Mr. Bukowski's works, but what I can offer you is an analysis of the two most important words I've ever heard and the two same words that are written on his tombstone today, which is, Don't Try. Charles Bukowski was an abused t- abused child, a full-time drunk, and on days when he wasn't chasing women or passed out on the floor, working at the post office, or pissing away money, he considered himself, time and time again, a poet. Charles was passionate about poetry just as he was good, but that didn't matter because again and again he failed to get the recognition he deserved from his peers 
actually at the time he didn't have any peers because he wasn't even considered a poet it wasn't until he really gave up on trying to become a poet and just was one just wrote and lived as one and then when he turned the ripe age of 49 he began to see the fruits of his labor um, very late later than a lot of people would hope to see later than he even thought he would see went up to that age thinking he would never see uh, a shine of success. And from this earthly realm did he come with the philosophy of simply not trying. Charles did his best when he stopped trying to be a poet and just became one. He lived and breathed and typed as one. That's all he can really do. Many find issues issues with this philosophy, and so did I when I first heard about it, as I'm a very intense, abrasive, and driven person. I scoffed at the words, uh, don't try, as I slugged more Mr. Pibb and Jolly Ranchers in my car the day I heard about this book by Mark Manson and the poet Charles Bukowski when I had my double shift doing security. However, as time went on, I found it to be immeasurably true. I don't just work out, I just do it. I don't try to do stand-up or be a comedian. I just am, I just do, and I just have fun. Hell, many people I shouldn't say I shouldn't I shouldn't rap. I shouldn't be rapping, I shouldn't be a rapper. But I don't try to be a rapper, I just am one. I just do it, I just have fun, and I just live as a rapper regardless of skill. Because that's something I want to do and that's my my passion. If you love something, it will find you. Whether you like it or not, it will find its way back into your life. So you shouldn't have to try to chase your dream. You shouldn't have to try to do something that you love. Because if you love it, it will love you. And in the end, life will make it happen whether you like it or not. It's like chasing a woman who, or man, that you feel you're destined to be with. You shouldn't have to try to force that relationship or that love because if it's true if it's real and if it's solid and destined for you it will come back and things will be all as they should be thanks for listening follow my ig at badman rand b-a-d-m-a-n-r-a-n-d for artistic creative and hype shit or if you're more into motivational um wake up and work out do your work and make your bed jordan peterson type shit mike tyson type shit follow my ig which is Badman mentality stay up to date with me if you want to be on the podcast please hit me up do not hesitate to do so because i would love to have you that's right you on have a good one stay safe and i appreciate you all